And so if you are one of our volunteers or if you would like to become a volunteer, you want to join one of our volunteer uh, teams, man, tonight is for you. It's from 6.30 to 8. We don't offer childcare, um, but we'll be done about 7.35. And then we have Mad Mike's ice cream tonight for everybody. And you get your new volunteer shirt for everybody. And yes, you do get to pick the color of your own spoon, okay? Uh, so if you're a Mad Mike's fan, you know that's the kind of the big thing is what color spoon do you have? And so uh, it's almost like they ask me and I think, okay, the taste of the ice cream is going to depend on what color of spoon. But so we have all that going on. So please, 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 we're, we're going to honor your time. It's going to be great. And we really kind of unofficially kick off our 10th anniversary celebration tonight. And, uh, and we want to do that with our volunteers. So if uh, you're part of one of our volunteer teams or you would like to be Come tonight, we'll get you signed up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you, can, you can be done at 740 or you can kind of hang out and stay and eat ice cream till 8 or whatever. So, um, so that's tonight. So um, well, we are finally in the New Testament part uh, of our series called Storyline. And what we've been doing all year for close to nine months now is being, we've been looking at this story thread that runs through the whole Bible that points us to Jesus. And just like each week when we were in the Old Testament and we were, and we were seeing how these Old Testament stories point us to Jesus, what we're trying to do as we get into the New Testament is we're trying to reach back into the Old Testament and see how important the scriptures were in these New Testament stories. Last week, we looked at the baptism of Jesus. We had so many respond uh, to wanting to be baptized. And if that's you, we want to get you signed up. We have a class on September 10th and September 17th. And then on the 24th, we're going to baptize a whole lot of folks. Okay, so uh, as the more and more people get signed up for that day, less and less time I have to preach. But uh, so this is your deal. You know, If, if you want no sermon that day, uh, just come on and get baptized, you know. Uh, but today we're, we're going to talk about something that you and I are all experts in, okay? And uh, that is temptation. Um, I mean, we all know the temptation of a plate full of freshly baked chocolate chip cookies, right? Right? Um, but we also know the frustration of hearing the words, those aren't for you, right? I, though, I'm taking those to work. I'm taking those to school. Those are for my friends. They're not for you. Don't touch them, you know? Not that I've ever heard that in my house. But now, now you have a choice. You have a decision to make, don't you, about the chocolate chip cookies? I mean, you could either walk away from the temptation Or you could take a couple, right, and then arrange the plate like like none were ever taken. Not that I condone that behavior, not that I've ever participated in that kind of behavior, okay? But, uh, But we all know what temptation is like. Temptation is nothing new. Even Jesus was tempted, okay? Now, maybe not with chocolate chip cookies, but as we're going to see today, he's tempted three different times, three different temptations, and they're temptations that you and I still face today. Now, before we get into the passage and look at these three temptations, I want us to come around two observations about just about every temptation that you and I face, okay? So I hope you'll write these down, put them in your phone, write them down in the notebooks, Um, But observation number one, 
when it comes to temptation is that uh, when it comes to temptation, that in every single temptation we face, either big or small, okay, there's always more at stake than we think. In every temptation that you and I face, either a big temptation or a small temptation, either a big thing or a small thing, there's always something more at stake than we think. Now, now here's the deal. In the middle, in the midst of that temptation, when we are knee deep into the temptation, the last thing that we're thinking about is what's really at stake here, right? What we're really thinking about is the moment, okay? We're, we're, we're thinking about whatever it is that we're tempted by, but in every single temptation we face, either big or small, there is always something more at stake than we think. And the second observation about temptation is this, is at the heart of every temptation is the issue, can God be trusted? Can God be trusted? In every temptation we face, there is an issue of how much confidence do you and I have in God? Now, what if, what if in the midst of every temptation we face, we could pause and remember, man, there's something bigger here. There's something more at stake here than I think. And oh yeah, based on my past experiences, based on what I've seen before, God really can be trusted. That's where we're heading today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 this morning. And if you didn't bring your Bibles, we're going to put it up on the screen. Uh, but we're going to look at these three temptations that Jesus faced. And they're really three temptations that you and I face uh, today. So temptation number one, let's just get into it. Temptation number one is to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. It's to meet a legitimate need that you and I have in an illegitimate way. Now, I want to warn you this morning, okay? Today is high-level audience participation, okay? So if you don't feel like that person next to you is up for that, give them a good one of those, wake them up, because we're talking high level, okay? So here we go. To meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. Matthew chapter four, verses one, verse one through two. Said so then Jesus was led. This is right after he's baptized, by the way. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So immediately after Jesus is baptized, he's led to go into, into the desert. He fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And then he... He has this divine appointment with Satan. Verse 3 says, The tempter, that's Satan, came to him and he said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to turn to bread. Now, here's the deal. There will come a time in our lives, if it hasn't already, there, there's coming a time. There's, there comes a time in our lives when then we have a really legitimate need or, or desire or a want and we'll, we'll have the option to take a shortcut. But in so taking the shortcut and getting what we want or what we need, we're going to have to compromise and sacrifice our principles, our values, our morals, and our integrity. And so there's always that temptation to do that. Let's say, let's say it's a, a, a need for love, to be loved, to be in a relationship, and it's our relationships. And um, you know, let's say that 
you know, it, it's a single girl and she has this uh, really need to be loved and in a relationship. And she's gone out with this guy and he has this incredible smile, but she kind of knows he's not a Christian. And, but the first three dates have been just magical. And, but now he's dropping hints that he wants this relationship to go in a new direction and become more physical. But, but you as a Christian, you want to hold on to a biblical uh, ethic on sex and uh, sex outside of marriage. So, so what do you do? Or are we all have this need for financial security. And, um, and I get it. Everybody in your un- industry closes deals this way. And it's, it, it's, it's not completely ethical. Now, it's, it's not illegal, but it's certainly not ethical. It's just the way business is done. And you promised your kids and your family that you're going to take this vacation or you promised your, your husband or your wife that you want to take a second vacation or the, the car needs to, you know, uh, a, you need a new car because your old car is breaking down and you just need to do these couple of deals, you know, string them together and, and, and not do full disclosure. And it's a little unethical, but it's not illegal. So what do you do? Or maybe you finally made a team. Or you're finally a starter on JV or varsity. Or, or you're finally section leader in, in, in your horn section. And uh, you're, you're having a hard time with a particular class. And, and in order to continue to play, you've got to pass. And, and you're desperate. And one of your friends finds the test online. And now you can cheat your way through the exam in order to pass the play. What do you do? You see, all of us are going to be faced with a shortcut to get a legitimate need. So let's go back to our story. So the tempter came to Jesus and said, if you really are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, get ready to read along here. And and Jesus answered, what are the next three words? Say them together. It is written. Let's say that again. It is written. That's really important. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what Jesus does is he pauses. And then he reminds himself, when he says it is written, what he's doing is he's reminding himself who God is and what he's done. And what Jesus ends up doing, he ends up quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, and he says this. Yeah, the narrator says this, says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Now, this refers to a time period when the people of Israel, they had God had just um, miraculously freed them from being Egyptian slaves. And he's leading them to the promised land. They don't have enough faith to take the promised land. So God is making this generation die out who didn't have faith, that didn't trust him. And that whole time they're wandering around in the desert, in the wilderness, he is taking care of them. He's providing for their needs. And every morning, the people of Israel, they would go outside their tents and they would pick up manna from from heaven. They'd pick up this bread, this little flakes of bread that were all over the ground. And they would pick it up. Now, God instructed them, only pick up enough for your daily bread. Don't, don't pick up to save for tomorrow. It's going to be there tomorrow. But if they did try to save it for tomorrow and keep it overnight, it would rot. It would spoil. 
Okay, so, but God was teaching them every time they picked up a piece of bread and put it in their basket, God was teaching them and reminding them that he could be trusted. And God was teaching them that simply having enough was not enough. That simply having enough was not enough. That what was more important than having enough to eat, what was more important than, 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 than having more money in their bank accounts. What was more, what's more important than having a new house or a new car or fancy clothes? What was more important than having, you know, the, uh, you know, going and, and being socially, you know, saturated and having all these relationships and having, uh, and what's more important than, you know, the kids being, you know, traveling and being involved in all their sports and all their activities to where we're just, you know, wearing ourselves down. What's more important than anything in this life is God's word. And Jesus says, as hungry as I am after 40 days of not eating or drinking, I will not let temptation steal my confidence in God because God can be trusted. Temptation number two is to use God to accomplish our own agenda. It's to use God to accomplish our own agenda. Let's look at verse five. Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city, and that's Jerusalem, and had him stand on the highest point of the temple He says, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. And now so Satan is stepping up his game and he's about to quote Psalm 91 to the son of God. He said, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. In other words, it's the temptation to presume or assume on God. To presume or assume on God is to say, um, God will take care of it. I don't have to worry about it. God will take care of it. Or God would never let that happen. Or God will always come through. I mean, it's almost like the equivalent um, of a car full of teenagers uh, doing some things that they shouldn't be doing with some things they shouldn't have. Okay? And, And one of the teenagers in the car says, hey, I don't think we should be doing this. And that's your teenager, by the way. So good job, parents, okay? Um, And then another teenager speaks up and he says, hey, don't worry about it. My dad's a cop. He won't let us get into any trouble. And then uh, another teenager in the car says, yeah, yeah, my mom's a lawyer. She won't let anything happen to us. She'll keep us out of trouble. And, And maybe they will or maybe they won't, but that's a huge assumption, right? And so this is the temptation. It's to assume on God. Look at verse seven. Okay, get ready. It says, Jesus answered him. What, what does he say? It is also written. That's important. We got to get that in our head and our hearts today. Okay. It is also what? Written. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 6. He says, do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did in Massah. And Jesus is referring to this time where Israel is wandering around in the desert, in the wilderness, and they come to a place that they're out of water and they have two options. Option number one is they can say, hey, God brought us out of Egypt. God parted the Red Sea. God has been providing manna for us to eat. Uh, Let's continue to have confidence in God because God can be trusted. Or option number two 
hey, let's, uh, let's pout and let's sulk and let's taunt God and let's remind him in a very res- un- uh, disrespectful way of what he owes us because he got us in this prediction. Now, which option do you think they went with? Two. And that's what they did. And so God, but God shows, shows them mercy. And we read about this in the Bible. It's where Moses takes his staff and he, and, he, and, he, and he hits a rock and that rock breaks open. And that's Jesus that one day he's going to be broken to provide for us eternal, uh, uh, eternal water. You know, water that will well up inside of us. And, and he, God shows mercy and he provides uh, water for them. But Moses names the place Massah, which means to quarrel with God. And he named it that so that every time they brought it up on their Google Maps, every time they drove through Mossaw, they were reminded, oh yeah, this is the place that our forefathers, that our parents and grandparents, they, they taunted God and they assumed on God and they, uh, they tried to use God to accomplish their own agenda. And Jesus says here, I'm not here to manipulate my heavenly father. I'm here to do the will of my heavenly father. Temptation number three is to sacrifice the important for the immediate. Oh, and I think this is one that we all struggle with. To sacrifice the important for the immediate. Look at verses eight and nine. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. In other words, what he was saying, the devil was saying, if you will submit to my authority, I will give you more authority. And this, this is how it works out in our lives. It's when we, when we know something to be true in Scripture, or we know something that, that Scripture says to be right, and what we do is we, we just kind of set it aside. Not, not forever, but just long enough for us to get what we want. Long enough for us to give in to that temptation. Long enough to uh, temporarily set it aside to maybe get that promotion or close that deal or get that guy or that girl or whatever. But look at verse 10, what Jesus says. Get ready to read along here. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. What does he say? For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And Jesus, he, he, he pauses and he reminds himself who his father is and what his father has done. And he's quoting, again, Deuteronomy 6 that says this. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your, for, to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large and flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, and fear the Lord your God, and serve him only and take your oaths in his name. Now, just like the previous two times, Jesus reaches way back into the Old Testament to a time where the people of Israel were being tempted in the same way. And, and, and God knew that the people of Israel were about to go into the promised land. 
and, and he knew that when they got into the promised land, that once they got there, they would start to get focused on their cities and their houses and their agendas and their kids and their kids' activities. And God wanted them to remember to keep him first. And here in the middle of the desert, more than all the kingdoms in the world and all the riches that those kingdoms could provide, what Jesus wanted the most was an unbroken relationship with his heavenly father. And Jesus says, I cannot accomplish the will of God by abandoning the principles of God. And we have to remember that. We cannot accomplish the will of God in our lives by, by abandoning the principles, the statutes, the law of God. And look at verse 11. It says, then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. And as the band comes, and I, I just want to close with just kind of a couple of uh, thoughts to give us some, um, some self-processing, um, uh, uh, just a process personally between us and the Lord. But, but, but the Bible tells us this. The Bible says that the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That the, the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything that's good in your life. He's come to still kill and destroy everything good in your kids' lives. And as you think about your family going forward, your grandchildren one day, his plan is to still kill and destroy. And I don't say that to scare you. I say that to warn you. And so let me just ask you, how well do you know the scriptures? How well do your children know the scriptures? How well do your teenagers know the scriptures? Because when we face temptation, what's going to help us overcome temptation is, is not willpower. It's not our performance. It's not our goodness. It's not our track record. But what's going to help us overcome temptation and defeat the evil one is knowing the scriptures and being able to say in the moment, it is what? Written. To know what is written and to know how to apply. That's why we're doing this series. That's why we're walking through the Bible. And I know it's a 30,000 foot view and we've, we've skipped a lot of things. But we want, we, we as a church, we need to know the Bible better so that we can stand up against the evil one, so we can shut him up and shut him out. That's why we're doing the talk back class. It, by the way, it, it starts back up on September 10th and it's our 1045 Bible study. And what that team of teachers do is they, they fill in the blanks. They, you know, we're skipping a lot, but they're kind of filling in the, story, the stories and the backstories. And so, man, how much more Bible knowledge would you know if you're already here an hour anyway, so why not stay one more hour and increase your Bible knowledge that much more so you have more weapons in your war chest there so you can say it is written.
That's why we do it. So let me ask you, what is that most reoccurring temptation that you face? What's that most reoccurring temptation? Maybe, maybe it's the way we close deals or maybe it's that person at work or that person at school or maybe it's this object or maybe it's security or, or maybe it's to control your kids so they don't get in trouble or they, you know, whatever. What, what's your most reoccurring temptation? And would you just kind of say this just kind of to yourself with that in mind at the forefront and center there is something more at stake and God can be trusted there's something more at stake and God can be trusted let's pray together Father God thank you thank you that for Jesus and that he came and he lived the life that we can't live he overcame every temptation and he died the death that we deserve for, because we, we've given in to temptation. But Father, thank you that, that you have chosen to put your sovereign grace on us through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's not about our performance or about what we've done or haven't done, but it's about what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so thank you that when we come to faith in you, we can ask that, that Jesus... The, the, the blessing of his righteousness and obedience and he takes on the curse of our unrighteousness and disobedience. Father, would, would you help us pause when we're tempted? Would you help us pause and help us remember who you are and what you've done for us? And let us not respond by saying this is the last time or, oh, I'm trying my hardest and my best. Let us respond with it is written. And let us know your word and how to apply it. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together and sing to King Jesus.